0: officially underway. Welcome back, everybody, to Lockdown Golden Knights, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I am your host, Danny Webster, Vegas correspondent for NHL.com and site manager for SB Nation's Knights on Ice. And we have finally made it. It is game day. Game one of year three for the Golden Knights officially tonight. The Golden Knights, as we've known for God knows how long, because apparently the only opponent they've ever known in their short history is the San Jose Sharks. The Golden Knights will face the San Jose Sharks in game one tonight to begin year three of their existence. It's been a long time coming for those who have been waiting anxiously for the Golden Knights to, A, play hockey for the first time since that infamous game seven at SAP Center, and second of all, not a lot of people like the Sharks. I'm just going to go on a limb here uh, and just leave it at that. So uh, a lot to look forward to tonight. Puck drop is, I believe, at 7.30. If I had remembered that off the top of my head, I don't think so. It's either going to be 7 or 7.30, and it. The correct answer is 7.30. Yes, 7.30 puck drop tonight, T-Mobile Arena. Uh, The players and the coaches are actually going to be at T-Mobile much earlier than that because they will be walking the gold carpet for the third year in a row. Uh, Players and coaches taking uh, pictures, autographs uh, with fans waiting outside of T-Mobile Arena waiting for just to say hi and good luck and better win the damn cup because this is a this is a pretty big year for the Golden Knights in my in my personal opinion but uh as we uh as I mentioned yesterday and for those who listened to episode two thank you again appreciate it by the way this is my daily uh, reminder to please download, subscribe, uh, listen to the podcast. Every little bit of that helps. Uh, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review, a rating, and uh, comments. Good, bad, indifferent, air your grievances. I'm, I'm all for it. Um, we're all here to make the best podcast possible. And the way to do that is by understanding what the listeners want. And that, if you've got something to say, by all means, say it. Let me know. You can also follow us on Twitter at LockedOnVGK. You can also follow me personally at DannyWebster21. And I believe we have an email off the top of my head. I think it's LockedOnGoldenNights at gmail.com. Don't quote me on that. It is on our Twitter page, again, at LockedOnVGK. Feel free to uh, give us a follow and feel free to give us any questions, suggestions, whatever you want. I've been getting a a couple of good compliments the last couple of days about the podcast. It's been very nice. So I appreciate that. Keep the feedback coming. The more uh, we can make this podcast uh, continue to grow and make it better, it's only going to make us better as the year goes on. So thank you again to everyone who has already taken the time uh, to do that. Uh, yesterday we had, a, a, as I mentioned, episode two was part one of our two part conversation with Dave Shane and Ben Goats of the Las Vegas Review Journal. And we kind of had to do a little bit of a detour because where we stood, where we ended the pod yesterday, the following segment was going to talk about Nick Haig because I thought Nick Haig had one of his better performances on Sunday against the, against the Sharks in the preseason finale. And as of, I believe, 3.30 or some odd, whatever time, I can't even remember what time it was, uh, on Tuesday afternoon, Nick Haig has been reassigned to AHL Chicago along with Nicholas Waugh. So we are going to scrap that part. We still got about a good 17 or so minutes of, uh, of good talk with Dave and Ben uh, regarding the defensive pairings. So we, kinda, we were able to kind of segue away from just talking about Haig. We were talking about maybe he should be paired with McNabb, things of that nature, kinda if he were to get the opening night start, which at this rate is not the case. So we did have a nice talk about the defense pairings, and then we get into a little conversation about the rivalry with the Sharks, and is year three, cup or bust, for the Golden Knights, uh, with the reassignments of Nick Hague and Nick Waugh uh, this after or yesterday afternoon, the Golden Knights roster is pretty much set uh, as far as we know. The only thing up in the air is whether Cody Egan is going to play or not. Uh, His status is still to be determined, so he may be a game-time decision. We don't know. But as far as lines are looking for Game 1, it is expected to be Line 1A of Marshall Carlson and Smith, 1B with uh, Pacioretty, Cody Glass, and Mark Stone, Third line of Zikov, Stasny, and Peary. and the fourth line of Carrier, uh, Nosek, and Reeves. Defense pairings, I don't have a damn clue, and I don't think any anybody of us do. Anybody of us do? I don't think any of us have any idea what the pairings are going to do. I cannot talk today. This is going to be fun, um, but what we do know is Jimmy Schultz is on the roster Um, by way of just who knows. I mean, Jimmy Schultz definitely had his ups and downs. Um, Whether that means the youngster gets a chance to play on Wednesday, we don't know. I guess we will find out later today um, at Morning Skate, and then we will probably discuss it in the post-game pod that will go up – Thursday morning, I believe, and we'll find out if Jimmy Schultz goes in or if we are destined for a Derek England Nick Holden pairing. I'm just gonna let that stew for a little bit. Not a not a big fan, especially against San Jose. Uh, but San Jose will definitely not have one of their key contributors on the roster, Evander Kane. Was suspended for three games yesterday by the NHL for abuse of officials. Somehow did not get more games. I, th- I kind of thought he was going to get more games the way uh, Sunday was unfolding. But alas, we will not see any any fisticuffs between Ryan Reeves and Evander Kane. But I can almost guarantee there's still going to be some bad blood. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury obviously expected to be starting in net. For the Golden Knights tonight With with Malcolm Subban backing him up And Yeah I mean what a better way to start Year 3 against a team That you've probably been pissed off at For the last God I don't know 4 or 5 months And now the games count for real And you get them one more time on Friday So that's always fun so Golden Knights, Sharks tonight at 7.30 p.m. Pacific time. I believe it is on NBC Sports Network. I always just want to call it NBC because it's just it's just nicer to just say NBC. I don't think the Golden Knights will be on NBC for a long time. But NBC Sports Network is where you can find the game tonight, and we will be providing all the post-game coverage that we can provide for you of Game 1 between the Golden Knights and the sharks. With that said, I think it's uh, I think it's time to dive into our chat with Ben Goats and Dave Shane and part two of our podcast, our part two of our our chat on the podcast uh, from Monday. So again, this is before. Uh, well, we already cut out the part about Nick Hague not making the roster, but uh, we. Don't talk yet about Evander Kane being suspended. We did not know about that until Tuesday. So again, this was all recorded on Monday. So maybe a lot of a lot of the things may you might be hearing are a little bit dated, but it, it's still relatively fresh in, in everybody's mind. So with that, we're gonna continue off where we left off with part two of my conversation with Dave Shane and Ben Goats of the Review Journal.
1: That's that's been my hardest uh... I guess task or whatever the preseason is trying to figure out the defense pairs and like what works best and what you know who should be with who I guess Um, you know one of my things that that I guess I guess I'd like to see out of you know I don't know that the media member should necessarily be saying that but uh, I mean at some point you you want Shea Theodore to be your number one defenseman right like he's got to be the guy who's emerging as you know Whatever. So, like, do you want him with McNabb? Because I think I think their best number one pairing, like their best shutdown pair, has been whoever skates with McNabb, whether it's Schmidt or whether it's yeah. Theodore. So, why? Well, I mean, I don't know that we've seen like the Theodore McNabb pairing really at all, other than last year, right? Yeah. So we have, but we haven't seen it in the preseason. So, it's like, part of it is like, well, okay, who is Shea's best best
2: pairing? You know, and, and I don't know. I don't think I'm really not know. sure.
0: I don't know. They've tried Merrill
2: the last. Right. They tried Merrill against LA. Basically, and, McNabb light is what they're going for there. I think. Yeah. 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 And I don't and, know, and that, and that is... one was. I didn't think it was. It
0: had a great showing against LA. I mean, I think no. they were. I think they were on the ice for two of the goals allowed. Right. And the, and the first one was uh, bad on both on both parties. Um, so I don't know if that's the one you want to go with. Everybody keeps clamoring for the Theodore Schmidt. Yeah, and see,
1: that's a no for me. But I've I, never, I I've I never that. been on board with that one. Yeah. I, don't, they, I don't. mean,
2: they've even, I think, pretty much said that they're not going to do that just because I think golan has been pretty adamant. Nate Schmidt's better on the right side. We think Shea Theodore, at least offensively, is going to be better on the right side. Right. So I just think that, you, that locks you into, like, let's not play these guys together because we think they're probably their two best defensemen individually. So, I don't think they want to weaken one just to play them with the other. But I think it's a lot like the forwards, yeah. It's more, you know, you're spreading. You're trying to look at
1: all three pairs as opposed to, like, well, what? You know, can we get, like, a mega pair? Yeah. You know, Voltron, put everything together. <laughs> you know? 25 yeah, minutes in exactly. And <laughs> just roll them out there, and, you know. I mean, I, don't, Turk's never done that. I don't think that's ever been his coaching style. So, I think it's more, yeah, keep Schmidt and keep Theodore apart. But I don't know that there's the best answer necessarily for for who plays there. I think a lot of this, you know, and who's made it or when and, and what have you has been the opening was on the left hand side for the most part. You know, that's where the job or jobs in in training camp were. I think that was always what was working against like White Cloud. I think that was always what was working against Coglin. Was just if they were gonna play Schmidt and Fedor, if that's where they were committed to keeping them on the right. And if England is in your lineup because Turk likes him as a penalty killer and all that, those are your three right-side guys. So where would you fit Coughlin? Where would you fit White Cloud as well as they played, you know, in training camp in the preseason like Ben said? Right. I'm not sure Haig had the best training camp out of all of it, you know, out, out of that group. But it just kind of works. It's a puzzle. You're, you're trying to fit together. You know, what works best for, you know, a 23-man roster, a 20, 20-man roster each night for a game and, and things like that. So, I mean, I guess it's, you know, if it's like football and you could take your five best offensive linemen and just get them on the field, you know, they would probably do something like that. But, you know, it's a little different in hockey and you're trying to, you know, get a little bit like for like when guys go out and replacements and and things like that.
0: Well, that's what I've always said. That's why they play 82 games. And, and this is... And again, and Ben, I think you mentioned it too. It's, we're going to be talking about this probably up in January. If they're not on the roster now, then they're going to probably be on the roster at some point later on. If you think that they've developed enough in Chicago, where you can bring them up in March, April, and get them ready for the playoffs. I mean, that's really the end goal. Right. I think that's
2: right. the best players. So. And no, I, mean, I think we all focus and kind of hone in on the you know opening night roster of who's going to make the team yeah. on a camp. But yeah, and GM Kelly McCrimmon even addressed it today. Like, this thing's going to be fluid for a while. I mean, yeah. obviously, they had, yeah, the group of five defensemen. I wouldn't be shocked if all five were up at one point just because injuries are going to happen. Um, with Cody Glass, I know I brought this up a lot, but, like, Paul Stasny typically doesn't play 82-game seasons. He's going to get hurt at some point, you know, whether that's major or minor. Obviously, we don't know and we can't predict. But at some point, Paul Stasny is probably going to miss a couple games, and maybe that's another opportunity that... Cody Glass can come up and seize and play with Pacharetti and Stone again. Just like things happen, and so the key for the Knights is not going to be what the roster is Wednesday against the San Jose Sharks. You know, you would think, unless something uh, disastrous happens, that they're going to be more focused on all right, who's going to be on our game day roster if we play another first round series. And, And I'll throw one more thing out from a conversation that I had with Bill Foley: is
1: they are they're going to be very flexible and have room at the trade deadline. And so you never know who's going to move. Maybe it's one of those kids, but maybe it's somebody on that roster, you know. And if, if something opens up or something, you know, needs to happen at that point, you know, you bring somebody up, you make sure they're on the roster. Maybe they're, you know, somebody that contributes in the playoffs at the end of the year and, and things like that. So, you know, like like we've just talked about this whole time, you know, anything can happen. You know, we didn't know Cody Glass was going to be around. We didn't know whatever. So, I mean, Kelly McCrimmon has said time and time again, you know, players kind of raise their hand and, you know, sort of make the decisions for them at times. So I'm sure that'll be the case. I mean, if guys play well or if they don't, you know, it just becomes kind of obvious what to do at that point. Exactly. Over under eight fights on Wednesday.
0: Because holy hell, Sunday was fun. If you're a fan of stupid preseason hockey, that was the one for you. and i and I kind of touched on it on Monday's pod. it. it, it... It was one of those games where it's just like, you're there, and it's a spectacle unlike any other. So
2: What was the word Gerard Gallant <laughs> used? He said there was some bush, bush. stuff. Bush yeah, stuff. But he also bush. said there was some, like, silliness or something. Um, s- goofiness. I, I expect goofiness, yeah. a lot of goofiness when these teams oh, play again God. Wednesday. But remember, gentlemen. The media is the, the yeah, cause of the rivalry. It is the cause yeah.
1: of the rivalry, yeah. yes. It we, was, uh, we did it,
2: we, we did it. It, it was hilarious because Riley Smith, uh, before the game on Sunday, was asked about the Sharks rivalry by uh, Dave here and said, eh, it's only became a thing since you guys started asking us about us. And then they proceeded to have 114 <laughs> penalty <laughs> Minutes The
0: century mark was eclipsed One
2: one four. 1-1-4 <laughs> And like all of that was
1: in like the last half <laughs> at of <that> me <laughs>
0: too It literally took as long for that third period to go on Than it took me to move yesterday I Like was, that that's how long <laughs> That's how crazy it was
1: I
2: was like but, legitimately curious uh, Whether we were going to get through that third period oh, at I didn't times. think we were going to make
0: I thought we were going to be gone by like 30, 12 o'clock that's how, that's how I thought we were headed. Um. Is this the best rivalry in the league right now?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm. Without question. I mean, just, I, question. I, mean I, I. I'll be the first to admit. Sometimes, you know, I get focused on just this team and, you know, kind of lose sight around the league or whatever. But I'm. I can't think of anything. that At least like a modern,
2: like you know, kind of right now rivalry. It's more fun. I'll say that because yeah. obviously you've got the Capitals and the Penguins, and that's been going on forever. For and like obviously, 15 yeah, years two of now, the best players. I
1: feel like that's even started to fizzle. Yeah, a little bit. But yeah, the feels p- like it.
2: I think it was still strong the night's first year when, of course, the Capitals yeah, had to slay the Dragon sure. to get oh, to the yeah. cup final. But obviously, I think you just the personalities involved in this one just make it more intriguing. Where after the game last night, you've got Ryan Reeves and Jonathan Marshall twisting Evander Kane's words from last year into answers about Kane's fighting style against Z-COP. I mean, that's the thing. like These guys don't forget, and they're here to kind of twist and poke fun at each other. No. And obviously... You've got uh, Jake Wagner, the Knights music guy in Arena, bringing back the Muffin, Muffin Man. Man soundtrack after a comment that was made by the Sharks last year about Ryan Reeves. I mean, it's just uh, great what they built up in only two years, and it's something that, of course, I think we're all focused on for good reason. And I think certainly the league is very... Uh, happy with this rivalry because they put them on, you know, prime time, not prime time, prime time for Pacific time, opening night, and they're having them play each other three times in a row to end the preseason. So you can, I guess, build up some tension, release it all on Wednesday, and then come back and do it all again Friday.
0: And then by that point, everybody will be dead, and both AHL rosters will be playing on Friday. I know, but uh, Dentistville is going to no. be, like, out the roof. Oh, my God, but I mean the other thing about it is that the superstar aspect it really wasn't there in year one year two with the additions of Eric Carlson and Stone and Pacioretty, like you have enough superstars where you could make this like the top rivalry in the league if it isn't already
1: like
0: that that was a factor that wasn't there in year one and the sharks were already pissed off at year two but you add that from year one and that's that's a whole other element, a marketing aspect. That so,
1: so that's been something that, so the last few days, have been asking players about that. Yeah. That. I'm actually going to call a little bit of BS on them a little bit. So I, and, and I want to get your guys' take on this. So if I recall correctly, a lot of us the first year seemed to think or make the rivalry between the Knights and the Kings. But the players always said it was the sharks. They always seemed to be right away kind of like they knew. And, and it always felt to me like it was, okay, we've stood in the ring and we've thrown some punches with everybody, and that team is, nah, we, we can take their punch. but But this team over here, we know that's the one that we're going to have to go through. And it always felt like the players knew that first year that San Jose was the was the real team in that division that they were going to have to get through. Yeah. And the players always felt like that rival. Yeah,
2: the Kings got the more attention because of the Drew Doughty comment, yeah. obviously. Oh, yeah, so yeah. That was, I think, what drew all of the attention is that, you know, Doughty was basically taking a shot at the Knights, and the Knights go on and sweep them in the playoffs. Right. And so it was an he was an easy punching bag for, I think, fans more than the players, you know, who wanted to throw, you know, yeah. tomatoes. Because it, like,
1: it always felt like the players... Their internal rivalry was always the Sharks. Yeah. That and I don't know if it was a hatred or, or, or just a respect or whatever, but then I think obviously like the biggest thing was when Ryan Reeves got traded to the Knights, and then when Evander King got traded to the Sharks, because their hatred goes way, 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 way back to like Winnipeg or something. I yeah. I still want to know what that is because that I don't know about you guys, that that's like a nuts. That's got to be something like. Probably a few yo mama jokes here, yeah, and there. or something. Cool. Like I don't, I don't. I'm, I'm trying to wash my mouth. I don't want to like say anything, that, whatever. But right. I mean, that seems more like a two dudes that somebody like tried to kiss his sister, and now he doesn't like them or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's a real hatred there that seems like it's way beyond just right. It's not oh, just hockey. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. we had a few on oh, ice wars, or no, it's it's, it's it's something beyond that. Yeah. So you throw that into the rivalry, and then that first year with the playoffs, you know, and then everything last year, you know, then it just blew up, but I mean, to me, it's great. I mean, because I'm from the era of, like, I love that Avalanche-Red Wings, you know, early 90s rivalry when it's just blood, you know? I mean, I I tuned into ESPN and Gary Thorne, that was all I wanted to do every year, was like, Avalanche-Red Wings, go, let's, yeah, you know? This is, like, the closest thing to it, you know? Modern hockey now is... You don't get that you don't right. get the the hatred and the fights and the blood and which is probably a good thing yeah. but every now and again you know you kind of want to see a you kind of want to see 20 fights s- in 30 seconds like you want to see a whole bunch of gloves yeah. and sticks on the ice and oh. dudes squared off and you know hey it's hockey so oh.
0: well i don't know if it'll be fun if evander kane's gonna get suspended. I, I mean that hasn't been official yet i mean there's it, dops is probably still looking at aaron dell for all we know for that, for that play last night. That was night. a pretty good check, though, by that the way. That was a crazy check, yeah. Um, <laughs> good hit, that's what Gohan said. <laughs> good, good, <laughs> good When hit. I asked yeah, him about good. it. Um, I, I will say this about the whole Kings thing. I think part of it was the marketing hype from before year one happened, because, you know, Knights, Kings, Chess, everything, you know, I mean, it, it made sense from a marketing standpoint, I think that's why everybody gravitated toward it. And plus, they're the ones, really, that were... The trendsetters, I guess, in the division
1: for the whole decade, winning two cups, right? So yeah, I I, don't. Which I was. There's that part too, which I can understand. Yeah, well, there's and then there's a whole bunch of, like me, uh, that are Southern California transplants that live out here, you know, that were probably Kings fans, you know, for (laughs) however many years, and now they have their own team here. Yeah. So I'm sure that that all, you know, plays into it too, probably. But, but no, I agree. I think the Sharks, especially just based on the talent perspective and where they were the past five,
0: six years, I definitely agree. Yeah, they're probably the ones that are the, 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 the they set the bar. Is kind of the, the thing I was looking for. Um, I kept you guys here a long time than I thought I was going to, but I'll I'll end it with this:
2: Is it cup or bust? I've always said. No, because I think this team's going to be set up for a while. I mean, maybe this is just me reacting to what I think everyone, you know, can your university agree was probably like a a C yeah. C C, C-plus offseason at best for the Knights, you know, where you can argue at best they probably shredded water. At worst, they, you know, didn't probably maximize their, the talent that they could have had on this specific roster. But for me, I think part of the reason is like, There's no reason they can't be a cup contender this year. With all the contracts they have set up, they should expect to be a cup contender next season as well and the following one after that. So I don't know if it's cup or bust because I think they've nudged open their window enough where they're going to have a couple more cracks at this. Now I say that now, I could look like an idiot in a year. I could look like an idiot in two years. But I don't think it needs to be, I should say, cup or bust this year because they're still set up for the foreseeable future, not just with some of the long-term contracts in the book, but obviously we've, we're have we going to start to see this year some of their younger talents start to break through and fill some roles a little bit cheaply to kind of help round out this roster. So, you know, I don't think that it's a massive failure if they don't win the Stanley Cup this year because, you know, next year they're probably going to be set up to at least contend for it again. I don't... I don't know how to answer it. I
1: answer that question to be really honest. And I'll give a long, probably long-winded answer or whatever as to why. So I guess what I would pose back to you is, well what if they were to like get to the final but lose to the Lightning? Or what like what if they got to the conference final and lost to, you know, I don't know, like you know, if Nashville is really good or you know what I mean? Like yeah. I don't it's hard to I, I so, think if you so from look that,
0: like the the overall landscape of the West,
1: this is the team that should be in the final. I mean, put it this way: if they're not like in contention, if they're not in the Cup final, in the Western Conference final, you know, along those, like yeah, then I think it's a, it's a disappointment. I think they absolutely have the talent. I think the path probably is is there for them, you know, to be able to make a run. So from that standpoint, and this is the other thing too, I mean, your window with Mark Andre Fleury is got to be pretty narrow and probably shrinking just based on age not not anything skill or what but but he's gonna be 35 in november so in from all of that like yeah i mean cup or bust pretty much better do it within two years but i also recognize how hard it is to win a stanley cup how hard it is to win a title in anything. You have to have so many things go right. You have to be healthy at the right time. You have to be playing well at the right time. You have to run into the right teams and the right matchups. And your goalie has. But there's just so
2: many factors that go into it. There's more luck than I think we would uh, yeah. like to admit, and I think that fans would like to admit. I mean,
1: for how many years was Washington like the best team in the Eastern Conference and couldn't get anywhere? Whether it was luck or, or you know purse or, you know, however many... There's just a lot that goes into it. And, and the even, team
2: that finally won it for them was kind of, a, I would say, a middle tier Capitals team. Like, that was not the best Washington and, Capitals and team. And look, and
1: nothing against the Knights, but if you just take a step back, they got to the final and they played the expansion team in the first year. You know, that they got to the final. So it's not even like they ran into the 120-point you know point Detroit Red Wings and got through them or something like that. Yeah. Now, clearly, I think the Knights were the best team in the Western Conference and what have you. It wasn't like they... You know, got to some fluke eight seed or whatever. But everything has to break right. Like, that's the point. Everything has to break right to win the Stanley Cup. Looking, I had a break right for the Blues last year.
2: yeah,
1: In a crazy way, it right. broke right for so, the Blues. So from that standpoint, I always feel like if you just say cup or bust, it's hard. Because there's so many factors that go into it. But, but to your point, if they're not in it, if they're not close, if they're not competing, you know, if they... Were to somehow miss the playoffs, if they were to somehow like, you know, finish third and get bumped in the first round again, or something like that, then I think that's unequivocally a disappointment. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, I think we can blame Bill Foley because he said playoffs in three, cup in six. Well, we're we're coming in on playoffs in three straight years, and I don't know what the rest of the adage is on that. But all right, I've kept you guys long enough. I appreciate you uh, taking time out of your day to help uh, me christen this little pod that I'm doing, so I, I appreciate you guys taking some time. No worries. Fun. Yeah, thanks awesome.
2: for having us.
1: Thanks, guys. Got to listen to the rock oh, Where can everybody find you guys on Twitter?
2: And Twitter. Oh, I'm uh, at Ben S. Goats, G-O-T-Z. And I'm at David Shane, S-C-H-O-E-N
1: L-V-R-J. Awesome. All, all everything together. Everything together. No underscores. No right underscores, right. no colons, <laughs> no <laughs> apostrophes <laughs> or any of that good stuff. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.
0: All right, once again, a huge thank you to Dave and Ben for taking time out of their day to initially agreeing to talk to me for about 10, 15 minutes, and eventually we went on to like 48, 50, and this is the reason why we had to split up in two parts. So I appreciate uh, them very much for uh, taking some time to be the first guests on the pod. And I'm sure we'll have one or both of them uh on down the road uh fellow r j colleague adam hill uh mentioned that he felt left out in a in a joking way, and if he wants to get on the pod, he's more than welcome to come on and according to him, we're probably gonna be talking about dining room tables it's 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 a i'm sure there will maybe you know what I think we'll get adam on to talk about dining room tables for the bye week i I think it's a I think it's something worth talking about. Uh, But in any event, guys, that is going to do it for us today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Again, tomorrow we will be dissecting everything about Game 1. We're going to be doing it fresh right after the game, and then it will be going up on Thursday morning talking about what in the world happened for Game 1, Year 3, tonight at T-Mobile Arena. That will be coming your way tomorrow. Uh... Other than that, let's play some hockey. Or actually, you know what? It's a lot better if Chance the Rapper says, let's do that hockey because it's time to do that hockey. It is time to get back to actual hockey that freaking counts. Golden Knights, Sharks, 7.30, tonight, NBC Sports Network. It is confirmed. I looked it up. It is confirmed. All right, guys. Have a good one. We will see you back tomorrow when we discuss everything that happened uh, tonight And this has been Danny Webster. You've been listening to Lockdown Golden Knights, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. And I will see you guys, or I will hear you guys, or you will hear me. Again, the lame jokes, they are here, especially when I'm stumbling all over my words. They will be here, and I will be here tomorrow. And I hope you will join me as well. Have a good one.